Stalker, giant, stalker, dragon, stalker, crypt, stalker, demon, stalker, rip, stalker, grown, stalker, crypt, stalker, scourge, stalker, wind runner. I'm a pony, lead skill hunter. A death dealer, life stealer. That's just the cost of being awesome. Welcome to episode 232 of the Hunting Party Podcast. I'm Dark Brew from thebrewhall.com and the Brew Hall on Twitter. And I'm Delirium from Thrill of the Wild and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. Today is Sunday, January the 24th, 2016, and we are broadcasting live on Twitch.tv. You can participate in the live chat room where our lovely moderator, Ali Saunders, is there to take your questions. And we've got a, a great show uh, today. Uh, joining us this week, special guest is uh, V, also known as Zupercat from Ask Mr. Robot. And she's here to talk about a couple of articles uh, that she's written for uh, Blizzard Watch, um, a couple great topics. But for those who don't know, uh, V started raiding in vanilla with her coworkers at Xfire as a hunter. Yay! But switched to a healing druid shortly after. Boo! <laughs> Although we do, we do like to be healed. We don't really care who heals us, right? Because we stand in all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so we we love our healers. Uh, and these days, she spends most of her time researching gear, stats, and combat data as part of the three-person ass. Mr. Robot team. So V, welcome back to the Hunting Party Podcast. Yay. Not, not your first visit here, so we're happy to yeah. have you as always. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. This is cool. this is going to be a fun show. Cool, cool. All right, well, before we start talking about uh, those articles you wrote, uh, Delirium, you wanted to, uh, you had an announcement you wanted to, to mention. Oh, right. For anybody who's interested, friend of the show, Brutal, also known as Brutal Static, is currently streaming every single raid from World of Warcraft this weekend. Uh, I think he started to try to do it in one day, but it spilled over to today. Uh, so if you want to check that out, he's at twitch.tv slash brutal static. Good deal. Good deal. So, all right. Well, so uh, yeah, we're just going to focus uh, on, on what you had to, to, to write. Um, be the, the two articles you wrote, by the way, were at Blizzard Watch. One was called How Cookie Cutter Builds Discourage Player Customization. And then I believe the second one was How Cookie Cutter Builds Can Encourage Negative player behavior and uh so let's why don't why don't we dive into that and tell us a little bit about what they were about and kind of what what uh made you decide to to go ahead and, and write about those particular topics yeah um so we you know doing what we do um we get a lot of questions from people on what you know gear they should use what trinket they should use talents and things like that and you know we're experts in data and, you know, analyzing it and figuring out, you know, the right statistical methods to analyze things. Um, we're not necessarily experts in every single spec, right? There's three of us. So, and 33 specs, that would be <laughs> a lot of work. Um, so, you know, we started looking into some of this and, and we've noticed that a lot of people have very strong opinions about certain things like towns that absolutely need to be picked or uh, trinkets that there's, there's only, you know, one right trinket to use. And when we model these and research them, we find, no, you know, a lot of these cases, they're very similar, you know, like talent A and talent B. It's like, well, one's 1% worse. That doesn't mean you can never use it, right? <laughs> and, you know, so we would tell people these things and we would just butt up against a whole lot of resistance for that. And so we would try to research this and we're like, well, are we missing something, right? You know, maybe, maybe there's a a different uh, spell rotation that would make 
you know, our research invalid. And no, we couldn't find anything like that. We'd work with the theory crafters. It really did just turn out that a lot of these talents and trinkets are actually very well balanced. Uh, so we started to look into this and then we did a, a talk at BlizzCon, um, you know, the day before BlizzCon, we did mm-hmm. the parties and uh, Eric and Peter, who do a lot of our theory crafting, uh, you know, kind of looked at this, right? And they talked with a lot of people who, who showed up to this, this talk about you know, what, what's really happening here, right? And, and the problem is that it's not that, you know, there's one talent is 1% better and people want to choose that. That's fine. Knock yourself out. Of course, you, you know, if you want to optimize, go for it. The problem occurs when people are, feel like they're forced to choose those talents, right? And they're like, but I don't, I don't want to use that talent. Or maybe it's not that I just don't want to, but I figured out this one on my own and, and I like this rotation, which requires this talent. Uh, and a lot of people are kind of getting forced into into switching to what is popular so we decided to get a little more scientific about this uh, and i put together a survey and with the survey well one of my theories was that if we gave people this data right um would that change people's opinions compared to what they're reading on guides or what the top players are doing so in the survey i asked everyone the same question i i laid out that there's a a Fury Warrior on a raid team, and he's doing less damage than the team thinks that he should be doing. And he's using the Fury Strikes talent, which is the not popular talent, because he thinks it's fun. And then I inserted a randomly selected statement. Um, and on, so a lot second. of you can see that. Okay, so a lot of you can see those statements. Great. So you can read through those, and you know the data statement gave the data I was talking about, the guide statement just picked up on what guides were saying, and then the top player statement was based on log data uh, from what the top players are doing. So... From there, we found out when people were shown the data statement, um, and then, sorry, back on the question, you know, you, as you could see from mm-hmm. the stream here, um, we finally asked, is it acceptable for the Fury Warrior to continue to use Furious Strikes, which is the less popular talent? So when shown the data statement, 80% of the people said, yeah, he can keep it. Uh, 20% still said no. Uh, so of course I was curious, like, why do those 20% say no, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I just proved to you they're close. Uh, and then people who saw the guide statement, it was about a 50-50 split. Um, and then the top player statement was about 50-50 split, but slightly favoring the yes side. Um, you know, so it's 55-45. And I think a lot of that from the responses I read came from people like, well, just because the top players do it doesn't mean I have to, right? Um, so, what ended up being the most interesting is after I asked that question, is it acceptable for the Free Warrior to continue to use his talent? Uh, I said, I just asked why, an open-ended question, and I had to read through about two to 3,000 responses. <laughs> <laughs> Kicked myself for that, but it was great. <laughs> well, it's always good to get more more feedback than, than, than less, you know? Right, because you can always ignore it if it's too overwhelming <laughs> or it didn't turn out to be what you wanted. Exactly. So... I kind of found five categories. And so I started categorizing all of the responses. And when people said, you know, the answer to why, some people said, you know what, it's fun. You know, he, he finds it fun, let him play it. Uh, some people alluded to skill, right? So they were saying, well, skill's probably the bigger factor than a, a one talent choice. Um, some people referenced that they're balanced. So who cares? Uh, a bunch of people referenced team. And now what's interesting is normally when you say, oh, something's good for the team, you think this is a nice positive, you know, everyone likes teams. Mm-hmm. But most of them, uh, about 75% of the team responses were actually really negative. Like, 
this person's just being selfish and, you know, those kinds of things, right? Right. Like you have to do what's best for the team. And then the last category was logic. And so these are people who, you know, have a technical understanding of the class uh, and were, you know, reasoning why one talent was better over the other. Um, so, yeah, so this this team statement was really, really popped out for me. Um, so when people said, yes, I have to scroll down here, look at the next, the next picture. Um, let's see. And uh, so in the data statement, well, let me step back. When looking at the guide and top player statements, those actually were about even across everything. So when people were shown that and they said, oh, well, you have to switch talents to the one you don't like. Um, about 40% of the people, uh, said recited team as the reason, right? So they were like, well, you have to switch because it's what's best for the team. And usually a slightly more rude manner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, these are the people who are kind of like bullying, you know, your average player into, you know, having to switch or they feel stupid, right? Like, oh, you know, they make me feel dumb for not knowing that's the best talent. So that's kind of this toxic behavior. So that was about 40% of the people. But then when people were shown the data statement, um, only about 10% of the people cited this negative team thing as the reason. So we just shrunk this toxic attitude from 40% to 10% just by showing them the actual data behind mm-hmm. the talents. So that was really interesting. Um, and then the, the other thing that really stood out for me is this logic category. So people who were shown the guide and top player statements, you know, tried to explain nicely right they were like well here's why this talent is actually better this is why the guides are recommending it this is why the top players are choosing it and good for them right you know they're they've read some guides they've figured this out and and they're trying to be somewhat helpful but what's interesting when i showed them the data statement nearly every single logic response was negative instead of being positive they were basically like well your simulations are wrong why do you think my simulations are wrong (laughs) right and i you know i feel like we're a respectable you know, source for theory crafting. And if they think, you know, ask Mr. Robot who builds these insane algorithms did bad simulations. What do you think average Joe who says, Hey, I used a simulator to figure out that this talent's best for me. What do you think he's going to get as a response? Right. Right. Or, or, or what are they using too? I mean, how, I mean, mm-hmm. the, you know, not all the top players do their own theory crafting, you know, I mean, right. There's, they, they right. rely off your, your information and, and, and SimCraft and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of looked at that as like this, this, where you know you you believe in something so much that when somebody shows you different data, you just dig your heels in deeper, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, so those are the kind of the two interesting things I think came out of it, which is where I started looking at like guides tools and websites you know and and i'm not blaming guide writers like we love guide writers they do a lot of work we you know ask mr robot are also part of this problem you know we show you know we might have four different sets of stat weights for a Beastmaster hunter i should actually probably look that up and know how many we have since i'm on your show um (laughs) (laughs) um but we do have one as the default right and because we ask mr robot um suggest that as the default we're basically saying, without meaning to, we think that's your best choice, right? So we're also participating in this problem of, of 
giving these opinions without necessarily telling you why or giving you the math behind it. So I think it's something that all of us can can pay attention to and learn from this lesson. And together, all of us, whether you're a toolmaker, a simulator, or a guide writer, um, we can all kind of come together and figure out how to change this. So, so you mentioned the setup. <laughs> In one of your uh, articles, or maybe in a comment, I can't remember where, but you're talking about something, a uh, a trinket maybe, where mm-hmm. somebody from Blizzard actually wrote you and said, hey, why aren't you guys recommending this? <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's actually interesting. So when I did the survey, I did it also on a on the Moonkin trinket. Um, There's a lot of controversy on one of the Moonkin trinkets. But I made a mistake in the question where... I wasn't 100% clear. I said something like, this trinket is better than this one, and here's why. But when I explained why, I was explaining why the other one was worse, not why the first one was better. And because of the like the slight language choice, I could have confused people on which one I was trying to justify, right? So I didn't end up using that in, in the final articles. But yeah, one of the Blizzard people was asking us and said, hey, why... <laughs> Why don't you recommend, um, I forget the trinket that it is, but I think it's like um, a tanking trinket that gives you like versatility or some some stat, like a whole bunch of tertiary stats or something like that. And we're like, look, we really want to, right? Um, we think it's great. However, pretty much the entire theory crafting community hates those tertiary stats and doesn't value them. and so. We used to recommend it, and almost all of the time we hold our ground on what we recommend if people disagree with us, unless somebody comes along and gives us a very, very good explanation and maths it out, right? Um, then we change it. Um, but in like two cases, we've decided, okay, you know what? Fine. <laughs> we're going to change this, and we're going to drop the weight on these trinkets because the entire community hates them across the board. So sometimes, you know, even we have to, you know, conform to this. Uh, Otherwise, I just spend every day and every hour on every single forum justifying it on deaf ears, right? And so, yeah, even Blizzard was like, "Uh, we really think this is a great trinket. I'm like, well, it's not that the trinket's the problem. It's the tertiary stats that nobody seems to care about. (laughs) So I don't know how you guys feel as hunters with all that stuff. But I know like a lot of the, the tanks and DPS community as far as I can tell, really just don't like those stats. Yeah, I'd say I, that probably applies to hunters as well. I mean, they're just, it's, they're, you don't see them, they're, it's not, you don't find them on enough, enough gear consistently, I guess, that, mm-hmm. you know, that it really feel like they're, they're, they're worthwhile. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's, it's like the Kazakh trinket. Yes. Uh, that's the yeah. one that has a bunch of tertiary stats, like mm, 500. That might be the one. Mm hmm. Uh, and there's an agility version of that for hunters if we wanted. Um, yeah. And so I think the, the common argument is anything those tertiary stats are going to save me from, I could just play better. You know, sure, so speed, see, yep. speed is mm-hmm. going to keep me alive. Perhaps it's going to get me out of the right. puddle. Well, if I would have just thought ahead and played better, you right. know, I could have fixed that. And to some extent, that's not true with the, you know, if I don't have enough crit, I can't play marksmanship. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, or it's really boring and slow to play, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, whereas like leech for healers, I do really like. But yeah, I think like leech is is much better built into the healing thing than right movement speed is for DPS. 
Oh, there was some, it wasn't called Leech at the time, but in Siege of Orgrimmar, uh, on, I can't remember the name of the boss, the big mechanical guy, he dropped mm-hmm. something with what essentially was Leech, and it was an amazing soloing trinket for hunters. <laughs> if you wanted to nice. solo MOP stuff, like that was just an awesome trinket for getting just crazy amounts of healing and but yeah, in an actual raid, I don't think anybody would recommend <laughs> right. it for a DPS. Right. And the Kazakh Trinket 2 is the same way. That's It's great to have if you're like running through ICC or, or someplace and you just get, you want to get around, move around a little bit faster. That the, the speed <laughs> is actually useful in, in that situation because you're you're way overpowered, you know, relative to everything else you're doing. So you don't need the added DPS you might get from your other trinkets. Right. Because right, you're already <laughs> one-shotting everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I did see a Hamlet, who's not a hunter theory crafter, but pretty prominent name, I think, in the theory crafting mm-hmm. community in general, was once arguing in favor of whatever the speed tertiaries. And his basic argument seemed to be that if it keeps you alive, you're going to do more DPS when you're alive than dead, or more HPS, I think, in his case. And yeah, it's, it's just really hard to wrap your head around that as like a, a reasonable choice. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I mean, that's certainly something you hear people say a lot, you know, that uh, you can't DPS while you're dead. Right. But- <laughs> yep. You know how many times I have to argue that? And that actually came up in this survey, too. You know, like, like y- you might be arguing over this 1% talent choice. And they're like, you know, yeah, but that 1%, what if you got the boss down to 1% and you wipe? It's like, okay, did anybody die? Because that's your first problem, <laughs> right? Not this person's talent choice. Now, if everybody's living and everybody's fully flasked up and you're consistently getting to 1%, okay, you can make that argument. But that's not happening. We all know when you get to 1%, half the raid is dead. (laughs) Right. Well, when you start, and it was interesting to see that when people were presented with data, they were more, they they sort of became more reasonable, if you will, in sort of understanding. I mean, what point do you start to, um, how big of a gap in terms of, uh, say, when we're talking about DPS mm-hmm. between, say, one talent and another, what, how, how far off percentage-wise does it need to be before it really becomes obvious, I guess, that, you know, hey, this is a superior choice and really right. becomes the only choice? You know, and that's that's a very good question. Um, I feel like most people would agree, you know, 1%, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, 5%, I think you're going to start getting maybe like a break point where some people are like, well, you know, now we're starting to care. Um, in the survey responses, people who talked about percentages, I saw 5 and 10 thrown a lot, around a lot. Um, I feel like a lot of people might be like, 10%, that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did have one person on the extreme who said, hey, as long as they're doing more DPS than the healer, let him do what he wants. <laughs> Which I thought was Then a generous. healer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that was, that's pretty generous right there. I want see, that raid leader. Right? <laughs> um. You know, and I wonder if if it really just comes down to trying to show, um, you know, the differences in general. Like, you know, as a guide writer or, you know, if we're doing, you know, showing simulation results, what should we just show the difference between all of them? It's like, well, here's a talent row. There's three mm-hmm. talents. You know, this one does the most. This one's 1% less and this one's 10% less. And then people can make that decision for themselves. Uh, you know, because if I know, I might really like this talent a lot better. Mm-hmm. But if I know that it does ten percent less, 
all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try the other ones, give it a shot, right? And see, see if I can make it work. Uh, and then people who do switch talents, you know, you can try to start to figure out like, you know, did your DPS go up instead of 1%, did it actually go up 8%? Well, why is that? You know, did that, did that talent maybe fit into your rotation better? So you can kind of start to just use all this data to really help yourself improve, I think. Yeah, so that was kind of brings up something I found interesting. I was trying to think how it applied to hunters is the uh, enjoying playing it. I have no idea what Furious Strikes is. I have no idea how Fury Warriors <laughs> work. That means nothing to me. You know what? Um, I'm, but, I'm kind of with you on that one. <laughs> so as hunters, I think there's two talents that get a lot of emotional responses that we uh, we either really enjoy from kind of a RP stance. Even, you know, the hardcore raiders have a, a little bit of RPG in them. And that would be the lone wolf versus, uh, versus focusing shot in our whatever talent tier 100. In uh, lone wolf, you have to lose your pet, um, which is a whole new ball game in Legion. But for at least when it was introduced, losing your pet as a hunter seems like a huge deal. And then focusing shot being your only other viable alternative in that tier uh, has this huge movement penalty. You can't move for three seconds every, I don't know, six or seven seconds that you need to use it. And so I think that's the one where we get people who enjoy a talent over another. I don't know, Dark Brew, you mm -hmm. might have some opinions if there's some other uh, tiers where it's about enjoyment. Yeah, no, I think that's a great one too. And I mean, I'm, I use Lone Wolf only and, and I partly fall into that the category. Not because I necessarily enjoy it, but it just seems to be, you know, the way to go. But my preference would probably be to well, is would be to use focusing shot. I I actually like that ability. Um and I think it fits in well with the whole sniper training. I mean, you know, yes, you can't move it and you can't uh use that ability unless you're standing still, but we're st but you know, we're encouraged to stand still as marksmanship for for, for sniper training, so it kinda aid you in that regard as well but i just sort of you know default to lone wolf <laughs> yeah and these are actually pretty interesting talents from kind of the work you were doing v with uh so lone wolf in a hectic lots of ads type fight like we see in almost every boss in uh hellfire <laughs> citadel mm -hmm. lone wolf comes out way on top because you get all these extra kill shots, our, uh, our execute mechanic. Mm -hmm, you know, right. we get that when you, it gives 30% more to that. And once you can get more of those, it just becomes an amazing ability. Uh, so on when you're getting lots of ads coming in, especially high priority target ads, Lone right. Wolf is just tons of DPS toward that priority target. That's true nice. too. And as hunters, we, we do this some, I'll, I'll catch myself doing this sometimes, especially a big ad fight. You know, you start looking for the lowest health ads, right? Just so you can right. yeah. pop the kill shot <laughs> or, or you look for the, you either look for the highest ones where you can get, you know, take advantage of the, the, the crit bonus, you know, uh, <clears throat> from your aim shots and everything while, while it's at high health. And then you look for the lowest ones for, to get in those extra kill shots. Yeah. And right. so then focusing yes. shot, Actually, in patchwork type fights, if you do any simulations with a SimC, until you get to the most ridiculously perfect gear, uh, which is just right now because of the way the ring scaled, it, things get wonky at the very top. But in pretty much any gear you're going to be progressing in, focusing shot comes out about a percent higher in patchwork type fights, mm -hmm. which kind of leads to this idea, oh, well, maybe focusing shot 
isn't so bad. But then you don't actually have any patchwork fights. We don't have any chances to really uh, take advantage of it. So it's this (laughs) odd situation where there's this emotional tie to having your pet or not having your pet, depending on the hunter. Mm -hmm. And also this weird math problem of figuring out which fights can do which. Right. And that's one of the things I started looking at. Talents can be a little tougher because it depends on how they're tracked. But with trinkets, I did a bunch of research. You've got the simulations that say, here's how the trinkets should come out. But then you have logs of how they're actually coming out. And so I was able to look at a whole bunch of trinkets on actual data for single target, multi-target fights and do like a whole analysis on it just because we have all that data from from the combat logs, right, that we can aggregate from our website. Uh, And that ends up coming out really interesting. And I feel like, you know, if we could do something similar for talents where you compare it to the simulations, that would be really cool. Yeah. So that brings up a topic that I was hoping we could talk about. There is a hunter theory crafter. I'm not sure if you would have interacted with him. He's from uh, Denmark, I believe. <laughs> Doesn't do tons, but he's probably the, he writes a MM hunter guide for progression mythic rating. Not really for any, you know, he doesn't touch on any other types of huntering at the moment. But he, as far as I know, was the first hunter to start talking about uh, not just overall DPS, but doing the kind of correct DPS. Mm-hmm. Which is that we were talking about priority ads. So as a marksmanship hunter, if the best thing I can do for a raid is take down the priority ad from 100 to 0 as quickly as possible. And so you're saying, you know, RPPM trinkets generally give you the highest DPS overall, mm-hmm. but might not be proccing when that ad comes out. So you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, right, the traditional, uh, I think the traditional uh, mindset has been RPPM, RPPM trinkets have been the best. And why would you ever take something like right now we have Felspring Coil? Because it's, <laughs> oh, it's going to do lower DPS. But it's going to do, it's always available. It's always there when you need it. When you need you it, right. Exactly on that ad. Yeah. So and you know, yeah. what's funny is we hit two kinds of theory crafters. Some like only recommend on use because then you can control it and time it up with everything. And then other people like only recommend, you know, the RPPM or things with the highest DPS. And, and what we really want to push with theory crafting, you know, and things on our website is like what you just said, right? It's like, well, if you guys, you know, for certain boss fights, you really do want something probably that has the most DPS. But then there's other things where it's like, if you're not killing these ads and these ads end up wiping your raid, you know what? <laughs> you probably want the one you can control that has maybe a higher burst but lower overall because if that's where your problem spot is, right? That's what what you're going to end up wanting to use if you're trying to optimize the the raid and get that kill. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever had as many fights in a tier that required bursting priority ads as HFC. I can't think of any tier right. that's been like this. This is very strange. I don't know if this is just the direction Blizzard is going. But yeah, it seems like crucial right now i agree the only mechanic so so at least for looking at hunters then so where does that put the 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 talisman of the master tracker that's the archimond trinket where uh the bonus for it's you know spec specific so for marksmanship it it doesn't seem all that great you know you you do increased damage with your shots you know the further you are away from the, the the target basically so does that then sort of bump it up uh, for those high priority targets, yeah, I mean, it, and then that's where you get to. It depends on what your raid leader will allow you to do. There aren't mm-hmm. very many fights in 
HFC where you can stand beyond 40 yards right. with our sniper training and keep up sniper training. If it goes down, then you have to move forward and can't do anything until then. Um, yeah, so it doesn't, I think the number most people were throwing out was 35 yards. If you're 35 yards or further away, then it's a good trinket. If you're closer, then it's worse than the other trinkets available. But yeah, and that's probably a question mythic raiders have to be asking themselves is, is how can I take advantage of this trinket or of an RPPM trinket? A sensor is the one we've got right now. Or very, what's the spinning blades one? I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I have it right now. Yeah, that's the, that's the unused trinket, which is pretty yeah. nice. And then the malicious sensor is another one that we get in the fell, fell spring coil. I think those are the, those are our trinkets right now. Nice. I think the Felspring Coil is just what? That's just pure stats. Doesn't really right. do anything. And but a little extra boost of stats. Mm-hmm. Over the normal eye level, that is. Yeah, so one of the things we were trying to do with you know some of these articles and the next one I'm going to write, we'll be talking about like what other people have said. I think there's been like about a dozen different blog posts um, in response to this. It's kind of like as a community, you know, you guys talk about a ton of hunter topics and a lot of people write guides and make tools is like, can we try to figure out a way to solve this? Right. And is solving it just providing people with some data? Is that data too hard to get for people right now? Like, you know, if you're doing some C stuff, you know, how hard is it to, to gather all of that and add that to? guides and just kind of things like trying to figure out like how we can all work together and make sure we have the right tools and data analysis to give this data to people so that you know people don't feel forced to switch to a talent right or a spec for, for no good reason right like if it's doing 20 percent more damage that feels like a kind of a good reason if it's doing one percent more damage okay come on that's not that's not why we're wiping <laughs> right or a spec a whole spec especially with the tri spec coming up and um, mm-hmm. the whole melee hunter, are there going to be fights where you have to go melee hunter? Or are there going to be very few fights where you even should be melee hunter and people are going to feel forced out of that spec? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is sort of, this isn't new to certainly warlords or the Draenor. And this has sort of been, uh, it's, it's, it, it's very much a social issue that's just sort of existed in World of Warcraft since I don't know, back when we found ways to start, you know, assigning people a number, if you will, <laughs> to mm-hmm. kind of measure where, you know, where, where they are. And I, you know, I don't know how we can sort of re-socialize people in a way to, to start thinking. I mean, on the one hand, uh, the idea of a cookie cutter build is, it's helpful, especially if you're just switching over to a new class or, or even to try out a new spec. You've got something that you is sort of like tried and tested, you know, for the most part, mathematically, it's it's pretty strong, and that you're you're not really making a wrong choice by taking that cookie cutter build. But on the other hand, people also use it. You know that also comprises like the the bulk of their knowledge <laughs> about a particular class or spec to the point where they say, if you aren't, you know, following this exactly, well, then you're completely doing it wrong. To the point where they won't won't bring you along. You know, either yeah. kick you out of a raid mm-hmm. or, or let you do content. I think that's definitely a big part of it. Is if if you plug in with these. Mm-hmm talents chosen or you know this piece of gear with certain stats are you going to get kicked because you're wrong yeah. and and where we find a balance of that there certainly are at least for hunters there are definitely wrong choices there are things you could choose <laughs> that will make you terrible mm-hmm. and no amount of play 
is going to make up for it. Right. I Unless, mean, I mean, on a mythic level, at least, if you're yeah, and we talk about the, the the current state of survival as a, as a spec. I mean, I don't think there's much. I mean, it's just not worth taking at the highest levels of the of the game right now for that particular content. But mm-hmm. um, you know, and oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, but but we don't just have one level of of difficulty in the in the game nowadays. There's there's mythic, mm-hmm. which is like the the ultimate, but then there's normal and LFR, and, and there's probably difficulty levels, at least with rating, where you know what you probably could take survival and have fun, and it's not going to matter. It's not going to influence the outcome one way or the other. Especially something like LFR, you're probably going to succeed, or it's not going to be the reason why <laughs> you you. You, you fail for some reason, you know. Right. So or for bosses that are in farm, go ahead, have fun on survival. Exactly, right? exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, I was going to say, one of the, you know, pieces of feedback I've gotten on these articles, um, especially from guide writers, and it's, it's a very good concern, is they're like, well, I don't want to overwhelm people with just a ton of data and a wall of text, because we all have been to the wall of text and we all leave, right? <laughs> Um, and so like, I don't, I'm not helping people, right? If there's a wall of text and everybody leaves. Um, and you know, we're asking a lot out of these guide writers, right? Um, and theory crafters. We're asking that they're really good at math, that they're really good at using these tools, that they're also really good at explaining things, and that they're also good at writing. That's a lot <laughs> to ask, right? So, you know, I'm wondering if we can, you know, help them a little bit by looking at some good examples and, Sunnier, um, Sunnier Brew, who does Brewmaster stuff, she's at sunniersartofwar.com, actually has a really nice way of doing it. Like, she just, she only uses words when she needs to. Mm-hmm. She doesn't put things in that don't matter. And then she kind of assesses each thing. For example, on the tier 15, um, or tier 1 to tier 15 movement, um, block for brewmaster monks i don't really know much about these guys but she'll say like for the first talent she's like this is the easiest and situationally powerful and then like one sentence after that and then the next one she says this is most useful on average and it has the most utility for the group and then the last one she says is most useful for leveling so i feel like if we could start to do things like that because then you can say like like you were talking about some of these talents or, or even trinkets right you can analyze trinkets and say this is actually great for bursting ads this one's great for this and keep it super short to the point so that you don't have a wall of text and i feel like that could be a step in the right in the right direction i can make those people in the chat room too oh there you go you've got it nice yeah no i think it's a good idea i think that's that's a very smart way of of doing it too and you know it's just looking at the some of the charts and in in the feedback you got um from the, from the surveys and the polls that mm-hmm. you, you had done, I was thinking about, you know, where you saw the one where, you know, you see like, you know, 90% of, 97% of, you know, top players use, you know, choose <laughs> this talent. But you know, as you say, there are another 3% of top players <laughs> who did using, it <laughs> using something else. And those are the people you, you really want to talk to and find out. And, right. Know. And are they the trendsetters? Are they the thinkers? Right. Or have right. they figured out something that nobody else has? Right. Or is, something else going on but yeah exactly like you said i those are the people i want to talk to like what are you doing that that you made this work so well and the other thing we try and do when we bring uh other hunters on here to talk about rating and even especially at like a a mythic level you know we try and find out what they do on a per boss basis because a lot of times we'll find out that they 
they vary things up. They have, you know, different things that they'll try, whether it's a different spec, different set of talents uh, mm-hmm. for, for different situations. So they don't just have like one size fits all for them. They'll, they'll maybe change things up for a variety of reasons just to handle s- specific situations on specific encounters. And that's, you know, obviously, you know, that's a cookie cutter build isn't going to, isn't going to work for that. You know, there's some mm-hmm. thinking yeah, involved like- in these things. Yeah, and I like that idea of like experimentation, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times, like I like that you do that, right? Because I feel like a lot of times, you know, if you're on a forum where you get like the the mob mentality, that experimentation is not really welcomed. Like I saw somebody post mm-hmm. something on on a Reddit, and I love the, you know, I love Reddit. Um, I used to work at Dig, <laughs> failed. Um, and <laughs> 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 whoops. Um, somebody had posted something like, Hey, I figured out something really cool. And he was super excited and posted like, you know, some combination use between a trinket and a talent and how it was amazing. And the overwhelming response was like, A, it, you know, this is only like a few months ago, right? So he was like, people were like, well, some theory crafter would have figured this out already if it was true. <laughs> you know, and other people were like, well, duh, that's already been talked about. This guy was just super excited that he stumbled upon this himself, right? And thought he'd share it. And he just got harassed and shut down to no end. Mm. And it's those kinds of things that I like, I want to discourage, right? Instead, encourage his experimentation like you're doing on the show, right? You have people on and, and you ask about these, these different things. And I feel like that would make the community a much happier place <laughs> instead of a lot of this toxic behavior we've been seeing a lot lately. Yeah, that's... Interesting. I think there's a weird break where you get the top 20, maybe the top 50 guilds in the world, and you see a lot of experimentation. Mm -hmm. uh, Roger Brown from Method is on the show a lot. Maybe he's a host. I don't know at this point. He's on so much as earned host status. Pretty much. He's he's welcome to join us anytime he wants, pretty basically. Open invitation for him. When every boss, he's got 200 pulls on you. What... What was uh, our command? This you know, six hundred, five hundred. That's right. That You've was got huge. To try out mm-hmm. a lot, and you and he was talking about it. you have to. You know, if you don't want to be two hundred pulls in and say, "Oh, I should have tried doing this." You know, you've <laughs> got to figure it out in the first fifty pulls, maybe. <laughs> right. Um, what you're, what's going to work best, and and what's going to happen, and you've got times to try it over and over because you're pushing in gear that is not high enough to just you know blow through things. Mm-hmm. But I think we have a different mindset in the next several hundred you know these are people right. who are killing mythic bosses but not racing for any kind of world first, first or anything right you know, and they're basically have good gear before they're killing anything mm-hmm. and there it's like you've got to do it right we don't want to take 50 pulls we don't want to take 200 pulls certainly right right if we don't do it in 10 we're really annoyed right, right. <laughs> and so, so yeah i don't know what would be the right answer for that type of guild Right. And does. Where they're expecting you to do it correctly before you've ever tried the boss. Right. And is it, is there then another step? You know, like my team, I feel like we're, you know, casual. We want to be hardcore, but, you know, life happens. And so we're big heroic. Like we're not leading the pack on heroic, but we're towards the front end of heroic, not, and not mythic. But I wonder if there's like, yeah, another group that's like a little more casual that allows experimentation and is, the, you know, those people in that middle tier that that you just mentioned, right? The the second to the the world first, are those the kind of people that 
are telling everyone, no, this is how it has to be done? Like, are those the loud voices? Because, uh, you know, I'm, you know, as a regular raider, our team is definitely not the loud voices. We're not leading the pack. We don't have, we haven't earned that respect, right? To be able to be like, well, I know what I'm talking about. But if you're killing all these mythic bosses, you have earned that respect. So what you say goes. And so, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I was just looking at something in the chat room. Someone was in the chat room saying, how can you do it correctly if you've never done it before? <laughs> sort of, and I like that question. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there, there's some truth to that, right? I mean, although that, that sort of goes into just sort of overall raid strategies. And I, I see this with, with the group uh, I kind of run with. And that's what you, I mean, there are videos and there are strategies that show you how to do it, but really they're what, what I always view them as they're, they're, they're called guides for a reason. I mean, you know, they're, 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 they're just that. They're, it's a way of, of getting it done. It's not necessarily the way. Right. But of, a lot of, of getting people it take, done. take that as like, you know, the gospel of mm-hmm. how it has to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually used to run when, um, Karazhan? Is that the little castle Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. A Okay, yeah. Idea. So Everyone's we, right back in the day, we used to do blind runs and we would tell people you can't look up the strategy. And so we would do entire raids, blind runs, and I remember that, you know, the, the librarian room where they had the ring of fire and if you stepped outside the ring of fire, you'd blow everybody up. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody knows you have to get out of fire, so we would try to run out of the fire and we'd blow everybody up. And we kept, you know, getting mad at each other, like you're not running out fast enough. And so people started like blinking out and sprinting out and our chives were getting worse and worse and worse. We're like, come on, people, like get your act together. So one of the guys like out of defiance who'd been blinking out of it, he's like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not moving out of this thing. Screw you guys getting mad at me. And he didn't move. And we're like, uh, <laughs> that's how, and it was fun. Right. Yeah, but mm-hmm. now you can't, we've tried, you cannot get a raid team to not look up strategies right. or, you know, we'll run a raid and, you know, if we're doing like a slightly different strategy because of our team's weaknesses and strengths, you still get a handful of people who are like, well, that's that's not how you do it. Like, well, <laughs> it's, it's just one way. So I agree. Like even allowing for experimentation and differentiation from strategies in in boss fights is is a thing too. Yeah, I always feel like you got to find the strategy that works for your group and your your team of people, not not what everybody mm-hmm. else and even if it's what you're doing isn't necessarily best practice so to speak or it's not the most efficient way to do something you know you just have to find what's going to what your group is comfortable with and what's going to work for you and I've, I've seen it too where we've had people in the group who've you know been successful you know running the content on another tune you know uh, with another group and they'll ignore the strategy that we're trying to do and they'll do what they know works kind of for them and it's just very counterproductive right because <laughs> you mm-hmm. know you're sort of zigging and they're zagging, by the way, and, and you're <laughs> right. and they're not telling you you're going to do. You're and you're you know you're, and then they get mad when you sort of point them out and say, well, you know, tell them you're doing it wrong, and then you know, you get this back and forth. I just I find that to be frustrating. Yep. At times, yep. but I always feel like you know, hey, whatever works for your team to to get the boss killed and get it on farm is really what you need to find figure out. Right. And, and, you know, and that goes too with, you know, finding a particular talent, particular ability, maybe that's going to benefit the group in some way that, you know, you may not have thought of. And, you know, that's why I think a little bit of experimentation at times can be, can be helpful. You know, there's yeah. a lot of utility and things like that, that, you know, can come into play that, you know, you aren't necessarily going to think about or focus on with like a cookie cutter build or a cookie cutter strategy. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think... was wondering if that would could be the next test in your uh, polling, is if this applies the same way to uh, strategy guides. Sure, that'd actually be a fun a fun one to to run. I should do that. Yeah, yeah, and I I think like our community being so developed is good and bad, right? I mean, we have guides out for these things before the content even hits. <laughs> <laughs> right so everyone like we have these great resources um that other games don't have right mm -hmm. you know when content comes out usually you have a couple of weeks to do something before a good guide comes out and with warcraft there's probably like what five to ten guides per boss before before all the content comes out yeah, I mean, there's already guides up for Legion stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've seen yeah. videos and things coming out of there already, right? <laughs> so right. Ursoc has a guide up. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff already. Mm -hmm. Which is cool. But at the same time, then is that what's really driving this there's one right way to do it kind of mentality, right? Because yeah. we have all these great resources. You don't have to learn anything on your own. Yeah, there are a couple experiences that I thought were just amazing uh, of the last expansion. And one was in PTR and one was on the beta, unfortunately, for most people. But when uh, uh, Muffinus, the god developer of all Blizzard developers, at least for hunters, was, uh, you know, he announced, hey, there's this, there's this creature out there that you guys haven't found yet. Uh, oh, so it uh -huh. turned out there was a tameable pet that no one had found yet. This was just a week, couple yeah. weeks before... Uh, Tannin, what was that, 6.2 came out? Yeah, 6.2, yep. And we hadn't found a pet yet, which was amazing. Uh, and so, yeah, everybody, all of a sudden, there's 50,000 hunters <laughs> on the PTR just looking for it. And kind of the same thing happened in the, oh, what do you call it, the beta, where uh, Gara, which is our spirit beast. Gara, yeah. Yeah, Gara, and nobody had figured out how to do it yet. And so there was just, you know, all this stuff doing and we couldn't use a guide to find it. You know, there was just because uh -huh. nobody had found it yet. The devs weren't going to tell us before yep. it came out. <laughs> and it was so much fun and everybody working together. And there was certainly a lot of people were looking to, uh, oh, to the, uh, my brain's not working at the moment. What do you call the data mining? <laughs> the data mining. Oh, yes. Yep. Even with sense. that, it was still hard to figure out. I don't think we would have figured it out very easily or if at all without the the data mining, I mean, the data mining, and it didn't give it away immediately, but it was pretty much crucial to figuring it out. But it was this wonderful even with that, collaborative it effort. Fun. And it I was, was like, fun. and it was the kind of thing where you wish, you know, hey, there is something to be said about just throwing something like that out there, uh, maybe hinting at it, that it exists, but not really putting it out on the beta or the PTR or something, mm -hmm. just, just pushing something like that live and letting the players figure it out as a community in the live game because you know i know there are a lot of hunters that feel like they had missed out on that who weren't in the in the beta oh, at the time right. and didn't, didn't get to really participate in that and it, and it was just a lot of fun yeah and i also wonder if like you know we we're talking about how this expansion there's just been a whole lot of you know you have to focus the ads down in these fights right like mm -hmm. these mechanics yeah. and i have been wondering you know if these there's so many guides out there does Blizzard feel like they have to make more and more complicated fights? Because if if there's all these guides and the fight's not complicated, you're like, oh, this fight's too easy. And it's not just the guides, it's the add-ons as well. It's those Sure, those oh, seriously. That, that, mm -hmm. You know, 
call out things. You know, there's you know, a lot of the, the deadly boss mods and the, the big wigs, which I use, you know, even have audio um, uh, calling out of the, the ability to, <laughs> you know, right. those, you know, right. whatever the ability is. And then you'll, you'll hear a voice and it's almost like, you know, it's as close to like a raid leader calling something out for you, you know, which, which helps tremendously. So those things oh, make sure. it a lot easier. So I think I that's a, that's a big driver right there as to why they, they probably have the complexity that they do. I don't know how many guilds are doing this, but, uh, Exorcist, I don't know if I'm saying their raid name correctly. The raid team, like good team, put out a boss mod add on this. I have no idea how long they've oh, done really? it, but it's very popular right now. And a lot of mythic teams, you can't raid without it. And so I don't know how many of you guys have done Cormrock on mythic. Uh, you know, you have to get in the swirlies that are all over the place. <laughs> and so instead of, knowing which one you're supposed to go to the raid leader inside assigns it on the add-on and it gives you a little arrow that points you exactly to where you have to stand <laughs> it basically does the fight for you, you it does the fight for you no kidding <laughs> it's like that iskar assist add-on too which doesn't yep. toss the ball for you the the the, the but it makes it right. pretty easy <laughs> right or doesn't it target i never used it because i was like no i can do this myself but right? it doesn't it's, target. Uh, it's, it's basically like you have a mouse over add-on for it but it was also the healer right so i'm Mm -hmm. always staring at people's bars and i have i know who has it and who needs it whereas i think a lot of dpsers that's not what they do all the time so i could see how an add-on like that like that would help but i also feel like now the fights have gotten so complicated that i don't know if you could do it without a guide Mm -hmm. can you imagine how hard it would be to figure these things out (laughs) i think that's the most fun part of it Uh, that's why i love the ptr so much it's mm-hmm. like figuring out how to write a guide is so much more interesting than just trying to figure out how to kill the boss. Yeah, but I feel like you need you definitely need a team, like a group of people like on a PTR willing to do that. Yeah. yeah um, you know, outside of that, you know, people, I think it's hard to find people who have the patience because they're like, why don't we just use a guide? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask this. I know we had a section here. Where we were talking a little bit about tri-spec coming in. Uh, Legion that was announced on the Alpha has a placeholder of 100 gold cost. We don't know what it's going to cost to just mm-hmm. switch. But one of the things we've, we've talked about in previous shows is the artifact weapons that are coming in Legion and they're spec specific and you're going to have to do a lot of work to, to get them and to, to power them off. Then I don't know. What is your thoughts on how that might impact? being able to switch specs <laughs> and especially if there's yeah, you know, when we cutter. talk about cookie cutter builds and things like that right yeah um and i don't know how they're doing how they're letting you get it and how hard it's going to be to get for your secondary specs and how all that's going to work yet i don't know if they've i haven't seen it on the, the beta yet i don't know if you guys have seen it um but i feel like with the spec swapping price that actually is interesting right um you know i'm not really sure what their main motivation is for that. But I know for us, like our team, we want it to be easy for us to switch a role, right? Like from a healer to a DPSer, if you don't need that many heals for the next boss fight, right? But if right. you have trouble with your DPS, great. And we want that to be easy. We want that to be quick. Like I wouldn't want to have to go to a trainer to do that because it's going to slow down our raid. Right, right. But, you know, spec switching from one DPS spec to another you know, like we've seen, you know, some hunters do it. I know mages are a big deal for that. Warlocks, depending on the fight, like, do we feel that's important to either charge people for or gate it? You know, like if, if somebody wants to 
optimized that way, should they be deterred a little bit? Mm-hmm. Or should we be like, whatever, if you want to, if that's how you find optimizing fun, go for it. But at the same time, does that then put pressure on people where it's like, well, you might like marksmen, but you can't play marksmen for this fight. You're underpowered. And then you feel forced to switch, right? And that we don't want to happen. I feel like everyone probably agrees that you don't feel it. You don't want to be forced to switch. Uh, right, well, and so yeah, what's the, the right way to handle that? Yeah, I would wonder, is the answer to deter switching through a cost or to um, just balance the specs better? Well, you know, balance the specs would be ideal, right? So that they're mm-hmm. within, I would say, 5% of each other would be acceptable for most people, not everybody. But I mean, I think that would probably be okay. Yeah, right. Um, for hunters, at least, Siege of Orgrimmar yeah. was kind of the golden days of balance. It was the most balanced hunters had ever been and have ever been uh, nice. through the whole point of the the game. I think there were definitely strong parts. You know, marksmanship could only really do single target. BM was significantly better at AOE, but they were all playable. They were all something you could do and not be considered wrong. And now we don't see that, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this all throughout uh, um, whatever we're in now. What's our expansion called? Warlords of Draenor? Uh, I, I Warlords of Draenor. To, I always have That's... to ask that. Funny that I'm not the only one who keeps forgetting. <laughs> so all throughout Draenor, I feel like there's been a wrong spec. Maybe two have been viable. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's never been as good as it was in SOO. Mm-hmm. No, I don't it... know, like what you know, what if if say you do want to deter the spec switching, will the artifact weapon powers be enough of a deterrence? Is the cost should the cost be gold or should it be something else, right? Or not at all. I know the the majority opinion seems to be right now that you shouldn't charge anything. You should let people spec swap. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a hundred gold is nothing at this point with all the gold. Well, yeah, hun- yeah, hundred gold would, would be wouldn't wouldn't be much at all. Um, I agree. <clears throat> um, or a reagent, whatever, whatever the other options they talked about. But mm-hmm. BM Jaeger in our chat room was saying, you know, even about the artifact weapons, you know, even if the catch-up mechanics were decent, you know, to to get your weapon, you know, the relics will be the issue because that's what raises the item level. So he's he's suggesting that you know, you could have all three weapons unlocked, but only one will probably be at the upgraded item level, which I think is, you know, yeah, and that's been the big, big shift problem. for hunters as one of the pure DPS classes. We've never had to switch weapons before, and mm-hmm. at least. As far as I can remember, there's never been a time when any stat was as good as weapon DPS. So we've never been able to take a lower item level weapon. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so if if that weapon DPS is higher on one spec, even if it's worse, it might be the spec is worse for a certain fight. It might be better just because it has a higher weapon DPS. Yeah, and you know, it's actually interesting because I don't know how they're planning on letting you get the artifact power i don't know if they've released that yet or i just haven't played enough on the alpha or something um but say when you kill bosses you get you know some sort of power to level up your weapon Mm -hmm. then if you're only switching to say survival for two fights well you're you're like you say it's going to be super slow to level up that weapon unless you're then like well i'm going to go survival this whole raid to start to power it up but that's kind of a fun metagame in itself right um, you know, I ask a raid leader, hey, can I play survival this whole time so that I'm eventually stronger? But that's, you know, that could be kind of fun in itself instead of just mm-hmm. arbitrarily s- switching. You kind of have a, a, a goal in mind. 
So I wonder yeah, if that's just- something we we already see in the top raids, people taking suboptimal specs to gear them up throughout the beginning of a raid so that they mm-hmm. can get the last boss faster. And maybe right. this is, you know, primarily just method and uh oh whoever the Swedes are. What's <laughs> what's Deva's raid uh, called? Anybody in chat room? Paragon. That's it. So I don't know how many people outside of, you know, those main groups do that, but mm-hmm. I wonder how it, will we have to play suboptimal specs just to gear them for the last few bosses? Or for, you know, one boss where it's crucial, we can't do it. Right. Right. And then instead of that being fun, now you're really annoyed that you have to do that, right? (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I wonder if they're going to start putting some stuff on the alpha to see how people end up using it. But Yeah, hopefully they'll do that. Yeah, it's not a total real world example because I think what we start with like five thousand gold. I'm like, oh yeah. god, I have no gold. <laughs> but you know, the challenge is be because they, and I don't know, if we've seen it as much, certainly not for hunters. Um, but when they start to do balance and tuning, you, you you certainly get more of that once the early part of the expansion. But I think for like six two, I don't think we've really seen any much in the way of changes for for hunters. Um, mid sort of patch, if you will. Mm-hmm. But once, but you know, that, that can throw things off too. I mean, that's, that's what you worry about, right? You know, all of a sudden you're like, go into a patch into a raid tier and say marksmanship is the highest. And so, you know, you're okay with that. You're working on that. And then they nerf something and all of a sudden BM <laughs> becomes your go-to and you're like, you know, don't have the artifact <laughs> weapon to support it. And you got to right. kind of feel like you're starting over again a little bit. Right. Which has happened for a lot of classes. And yeah. And that was the curse of, uh, high mall for hunters. Like, uh, they nerfed after the first week of heroics, right before mythics came out, they nerfed marksmanship hunters. So everybody had been gearing a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then it just, you know, and some teams I think had been taking three or four marksmanship hunters. So maybe it was justified (laughs) the nerf, but they had already, you know, given out all that gear and now it had been wasted. Yeah. And, and, and in the past for hunters, that hasn't mattered as much. I mean, because in, for example, Mr. Pandaria, the secondary stats were pretty much even across the board. I mean, and we had reforging too, right? So you could you could balance them out, <laughs> right? And they're only three. If need be. Um, whereas now, you know, beast mastery, you want what is it? Haste and mastery versus crit and multi strike for marksmanship. So it's a completely yeah. different set of secondary stats that you'd want to favor if you wanted to kind of min max and and, and optimize. So we were stuck carrying sort of multiple pieces of gear. Mm, yep you know around the tier pieces to to really to really switch and be you know feel like you're at the same level with with each spec stats wise skill wise that's always another issue right so <laughs> <laughs> right oh good well i think we've come up sort of the top of the hour here so why don't we uh oh, good for us. wrap this one up but i i really thank you for coming on uh and talking about these articles it was really really a pleasure it was really a good conversation i was i, was, I enjoyed it yeah, definitely yeah, no, look was... forward to the next article. Yeah, and thanks. seeing what guide writers can do. Right. When <laughs> yeah. is do you know when that's scheduled to? Um, be I'm still working. Or? I'm still working on it. Um, you know, part of it is I also want to talk about like some solutions, but I'm trying to mm-hmm. figure out if I can do that in a short enough article because I think there were about a dozen people who responded, and I want to make sure I fairly cover like all their responses. Um, and you know, like I said too, like 
just to make sure it's clear, I love guide writers. I am not <laughs> criticizing them. Like I said, we put a lot of pressure on them to be good at like, well, everything in life. Um, and people like us, you know, like whether it's, you know, tool makers like, you know, SimC or, you know, us as Ask Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. we do things too, right? We, we show default stat weights, um, which starts to put a preference in people's heads rather than giving them, making them feel like a choice. And so we're also trying to solve this on our end for Legion. Like, what if we present you with three different stat weight options, kind of like that sunnier brew thing we looked at that said, you know, this one's kind of like an AOE master, this one favors single target, and this one is controlled burst, right? And if we give people three options, then they can choose one. Um, we're not saying one's better than the other. And so we really want to try to figure out how to solve this. So I'm going to try to see if that next article can put those two together or if it'll turn into a four-part <laughs> series, you know. But I'm going to try to be nice and succinct, you know, like some of these guide writers, guide writers actually do so that people don't hit a wall of text on my article and leave. So we're pretty excited. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing that and we'll be happy to let our listeners know. Let us know when it's out. We'll let our listeners know so that they can go check it out. And, uh, cool. And we'll have to get you back on the show. Maybe once Legion progresses a little bit, I mean, I'm sure you'll probably have some changes to the Ask Mr. Robot site. And love we will. Um, we like to do big site redesigns with every expansion just because it's like a nice, a nice break point, right? And new things get introduced and stuff. Um, and so we have a couple of, fun features we're testing out right now. One of the things we want to do is the once we rewrote the optimization algorithm last expansion to guarantee the single best solution based on your stat weights, like it can't be beat. We've, <laughs> we've tested it against, you know, millions of characters on like a slow, like a brute force method on our own computers. And yeah, it can't be beat. Once we did that, we crossed this wall where people are like, oh, okay, Mr. Robot's never wrong. But we, I mean, assuming your stat weights, right? I mean, you have to, you have to like the stat weights first. But right now, the problem has really been trinkets because we're trying to weight the trinkets on stat weights, and we do mm. a whole lot of. We have a our own special little trinket simulatory thing that interfaces between our site and SimC to try to figure it out. And so we'll take the trinket and say, well, if it spawns a fancy extra little pet for a hunter that probably doesn't exist, but I'm gonna pretend it does. What we'll do is say, well, how much damage is that fancy new little pet doing from the trinket? And then how much, say, attack power or agility do you need to equal that amount of damage? Mm -hmm. And so then we tie that to the stat weight. So say it's 50 agility. We're like, okay, great. This is worth 50 agility. And then everything's based on your stat weights. But it's not as good as we want it to be. There's still flaws. A lot of it depends on, well, what simulation did you use? Like you said, you know, are you using patchwork? Like what? These aren't real fights. And so we kind of want to figure out, and we, we're testing it, we think we figured out a way to really rank trinkets once and for all definitively. So we're trying to do some things like that. Like we know our weaknesses and we're always trying to improve them. So we'll have to come on and, and talk about some of those and, and do some fun theory crafting and figure some things out. And we also want to make some tools like that. You know, right now that's a private tool for us. What if we expose mm-hmm. some of that to the community so they can use it and test it out, right? That means we have to put an interface on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is always the hardest part, I swear, um, and see if we can, you know, make that nice enough to expose it to other people to use. Uh, oh. So yeah, so we're doing, we're trying to do a lot of a lot of fun things, and I don't know if people caught it, but I saw you showed it on the stream. 
we do a big art project where we hire artists for every expansion. And this time we hired about a dozen artists to make um, the artifact weapons for each spec. Mm-hmm. And so you guys showed the one that actually is finished for the Beastmaster Hunter. Is that the gun? That yes. Marksman? No, that's the, the gun. Is that Beastmaster? Yeah, okay. Beastmaster's got the gun. Yes. Yeah. So um, that one's finished. So we're pretty excited about how they're turning out. And we're going to yeah. put them as like the backgrounds on the site. And then we're going to make them available for download and stuff too. So people can can love them and have them. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks. On that note, you have been listening to episode 232 of the Hunting Party Podcast. I'm Dark Brew from thebrewhall.com and the Brew Hall on Twitter. I'm Delirium from thrillofthewild.com, the Warcraft Hunters Union, and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. Check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or add our RSS feed to your reader, and we'll have all these links available in our show notes. If you have a question or a topic you would like us to announce on the show, email us at huntingpartypodcast at gmail.com. Or send us a tweet at huntingpartypod. All right. Stay thirsty, my friends. Remember to drink your dark brew locker. Siempre prestar la moción de la salvaje. For Azeroth. <laughs> yeah. <right>. And beyond. <laughs> Oh, my God.